Welcome back to Practical Parenting, the podcast that helps empower parents in the trenches, find joy in the process, and thrive through it all. I'm Christina Wales, here with my co-host, Dr. Taryn Nguyen, Chair of Pediatrics at GBMC Healthcare, and we are doing our microdose episodes. These are new episodes we're introducing in between our regularly scheduled programming, where we're going to talk about real-life cases and questions that you our audience members have brought to us. So the first one we got um, is from a mom who has two children, um, one, six, one, four. And she says that her youngest, um, she's noticing some traits. Um, I'm assuming that they have been going on for some time, but you know, big emotions, um, very expressive and easily stimulated. Um, they're having trouble um dealing with frustration, getting overwhelmed really quickly. Um, and, you know, I, I have seen, especially because I have one of these children myself, um, you know, highly sensitive kids, there are all sorts of different names for them. Um, but she is looking for some guidance on figuring out, I guess, if this is normal and how she might help um, her child sort of navigate those big emotions. That's a great question. And yeah, you know, I think of everything um, in childhood as on a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. um, There are children who are just unperturbed by anything. They are just, you know, calm, cool, and chill. And the world could light up on fire and they'd still be the same. And then there are children on the opposite of the spectrum where anything that's out of their routine, anything that causes discomfort, um, any change in their environment causes a really big response, right? Um, that's hyperarousal. And then there's, you know, there's that whole spectrum in between. It's just a variety of, you know, personalities. And it's your window of tolerance for um, changes in situation. Um, and for some kids, for some reason, they've had some trauma that we don't know about or this is how they were created. As soon as they get triggered for that hyperarousal and it feels really bad, it feels something that might be a small situation for us, but for them, it's because it's the unknown, it's unpredictable, and there's like a change and it just happens and they really need that routine, kind of they lose everything. They lose their minds. You know, their behavior just went from really pleasant to it's Jekyll and Hyde. And you're dealing with a monster suddenly, right? And like, where did that thing come from? Now, you yourself have to pause and breathe and go, it's okay. My child is an emotional child, but that's all right. You know, they're in a hyperarousal. How do I help calm them down? Because they're kind of on that stuck button. You know, it's like <gasps> certain things trigger them that make them think like this is, you know, life or death. But it's not life or death, you know, just because you're not getting what you want. Or you're not having ice cream before dinner, but it's they didn't get what they wanted, and their thing is happy, sad, and that's it. And then they get stuck on it, though, right? Because the normal state is, you know, you might uh, be perturbed by it, and you get upset. You express it, and then you move on. But for the kids who um, have this much narrower window of tolerance, it's like they, you know, they can't let their hand off of the hot stove, Okay, and it's over, but they're still on it. So how can you help? Um, You know, model it and give them space to be by themselves. You know, like you'll – because I think at this point, the child is really hyper-aroused, and there's – it's it's just like they're spiraling and they're spinning, right? Um, 
you know, if you know your child is a child who responds well to hugging and comfort in that way, sure, do that, okay? If your child, you know, needs to just get it all out, give them a safe space to do it in their room, whatever, let them spin it out. They have to ex- they have to release all of that energy that was behind that big feeling that they had, okay? It's it's just like a child who has difficulty going to sleep because they haven't expended all of their energy today because it was raining and they were indoors playing video games all day. They're bouncing around like crazy, right, um, at bedtime. So this is the child with a narrow window of tolerance on anything that is beyond their level um, that's any change to their environment, okay, or what they're expecting. They go from zero to 180. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, if you can accept that this is how they were created, I think it's it may help have less stress and distress in your household. It's like, oh, my child is a highly emotional child and their window of talents is low. So I know this is – we're going to try to prevent it, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's not preventable. And, you know, do they need the comfort around it or do they need to just expel and expend that energy and that emotion and then come back? So you have to decide and support your child either way, okay? But when they're calm, you might come back to it and say, hey, you, it's, and, and, you know, just validate their Mm -hmm. feelings first. Hey, you had a really rough time with that. Um, You know, tell me more or or have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And then have them help them find a word to describe that emotion and feeling that they had. Mm. Because once you can label it, then you can say it and you don't have to act it out, right? Or you can separate from it. And you can separate from it, exactly. And so helping them build that vocabulary of their emotions is so key, right? And the best examples, I mean, you can read all the books you want. <laughs> read read the books with your child, your children. But really, after they have that emotion, name it for them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... Um, model, because you might lose your stuff. I just lost my stuff with my son last <laughs> night. Uh, you know, he's 20 years old almost, and I just had a rough day. And he was just, like, being his usual self-centered self, <laughs> waiting for dinner. Like, when's dinner? I'm really hungry. It just worked out. And, you know, I went off the handle. I your apologize. window of tolerance was it's small. Really <laughs> small, right? And, um, I, oh, he just got it. Mouthful earload. And I haven't seen him that way in a really in a long while. Pretty contrite. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, sure. I can do that. Uh huh. <laughs> but that's not how I want to live with my children. Right. And I apologize later. And I apologize again this morning. But I said, with a caveat, I said, I'm sorry I overreacted. Um, but an authentic apology. And I lost my mind. I called myself out on it. I said, but it would help if you could contribute to some more household chores. Right. So for me, that was modeling owning and mm-hmm. holding yourself accountable for your action, which was not pretty. And then, you know, but saying, hey, how can we make this better? Yeah. I was reacting to like, I'm like, what? What the heck? You know, this is like a toddler temper tantrum. Like, I just worked out and I'm really hungry. And why isn't dinner ready? <laughs> oh, okay. So, but your your toddler or your, your you know, um, elementary school child who has – you know, their personality, they have a small window of tolerance. Yeah, they're hungry and they go berserk, mm-hmm. right? So avoid that. But if you can't and they've done it, help them name, uh, I'm hungry or I'm upset, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Help them name that emotion, call it out, get it out there. 
and expel it. Okay? It's not towards you. Remember, we talked about it several episodes again ago. It's not about you. It's all about them. And it's how we receive, how we receive their actions or their behaviors. So I'll just share a quick story. I brought both of my kids into Baskin Robbins, and I say the location specifically because they have 31 flavors. They're known for that, right? So, you know, my youngest knows she wants chocolate. She goes to it right away. I want a cone, whatever. She gets it. My oldest, who is a highly sensitive kid, was very overwhelmed being there. It was busy. It's a small shop, lots of options, and didn't know what to choose. And she was feeling, I could see it in her face, how overwhelmed she was feeling. And, you know, the girl's busy. She was trying to finish our order. And so I I think some parents would immediately start freaking out. I know from my childhood, my mom would have been like, we got to go. There's lots of people behind us. We have to get. So I just got down. I turned her away from the crowd. And I, we just went through the options. And I said, here's what we Here's what you can do. I know you like these flavors. What about those? Do you want me to choose for you? We just talk slowly and calmly. We work through the whole thing. The poor girl behind the thing just waiting for us to decide. My youngest straight up finished her ice cream before we even decided what the oldest was going to get. And so finally she made a choice and she was happy about it. And, you know, I said, thanks for your patience. And we moved on. And I feel like, you know, just my presence and accepting the fact that this was how it was going to go and we were just going to, you know, it was her thing and we were just going to let her guide the ship and not force it because if you do, it's probably going to end up taking longer in the long run anyway because you're speeding her up and feeling more pressure and just feeding into the anxiety. Right. So rather than that, just kind of let it go and, you know, everybody can have their opinion about it, I guess, if they want to, but I tried not to care about that and more about what was going on with her. Beautiful. Um, And so I feel like, you know, parents out there who are struggling with this, just let the judgment go. Don't. (laughs) So that was a beautiful example, right? What did you do? You know and you anticipated your child and you helped support her by turning her away from like all the other extraneous noise, like literally, and gave her back her bit of control. Because you explained the choices, you narrated it down for her, and then she was like, oh, I can make a choice. And she's not feeling pressured or rushed. If you had rushed her, and oh, there would have been a meltdown. I was waiting for you to actually tell me <laughs> that there was a big explosion in Basket and I've Robbins. I've learned lessons. Yeah. And, <laughs> but that's it. You totally did the thing. So the one thing that maybe I could add to that for the future, yeah. knowing that lots of choices overwhelms her, maybe you look at the choices you know, before you go into the shop. Then you're not holding up the other customers because you're probably feeling like, oh, my gosh, you're spending all of your energy staying calm for mm-hmm. your child. But inside, I bet you as a parent, you're like, I'm sure the 10 people behind me are like, get the hell out of here, right? So you're not so feeling so good at the end of it. So if you know that, you know, maybe consider the extra step of prepping even before you get there. Tier two. But, we'll get there. Yeah. And I, I, but I think that was Beautiful. Spot on. Thank you. It's about them. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. So anticipate your child. One of my other examples from the past is be Alfred the butler. Mm -hmm. Have the things ready for your child. Anticipate them. And then you can avoid so many unnecessary outbursts, you know, behavioral issues. You can't avoid them all, but you can avoid more of them than if you just – and that was the one thing I, I wanted to bring out. 
when children know that you're rushed and you're rushing them, Mm -hmm. I promise it's going to take even longer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, guilty as um, guilty as accused, (laughs) um, two young children uh, for me when they were much younger. I am not a morning person. I am always running behind in the morning. Add two kids to that and I'm rushing them. Everybody's late. Everybody's like just a big hot mess by the time you get in the car. I should have learned at some point that if I gave myself more time and the kids didn't feel as rushed, we wouldn't have this explosive morning every single day of my life practically. But now I know better. Better late than never. Well, so hopefully we have helped our anonymous um, questioner. And if you have questions that you want us to answer on topics, we're talking about um, sleep, movement, and um, healthy eating in the next three episodes. But we're open to any questions um, that you have or specific um, things that you want us to delve into. So um, email us at info at gbmc.org or follow us on social media and um, hit us up there. Great. All right. And we look forward to answering your questions. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Christina. See you. Bye.